to the Fresh Exchange podcast. Today, I am so excited because for a long time, when I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking about the conversations that we would have, not just conversations with me, but conversations with others. Because having a blog, it's kind of hard to really articulate a good conversation. Like where, where do you really do this between two people? And video is kind of hard in a lot of ways to do this. And I've tried and it's been fine. But what I wanted to do with this podcast was to utilize this space to have conversations. And there's the conversations that I think about when we're sitting at a dinner table, for instance, something that we don't get to do often these days with other people and have a conversation over a meal. Granted, we can't do that in current COVID times, but also we can't do that in a podcast either. (laughs) You can't really eat and talk. But what I'm talking about specifically is that when we sit at a dinner table, we're having a mutual conversation because of a common theme. And the common theme in that situation is a meal. It's food. And food is always a great starting conversation with anyone, right? We all need it. We all desire it. We need it to sustain our life. I find that these common spaces are where we can open up to new people, to people that we may not even have had connections otherwise. I know in my life that food has been a common theme of how I've met some of the most amazing people and people that I literally wouldn't have met otherwise. Some of my best friends have been around dinner tables that I didn't expect to find myself at. And though I miss that, I've also found that in this process of sharing my garden and talking about nature, I found that that also does the same thing. And so last year I started pursuing different people that I just had found through the garden basically. And they weren't like gardeners, like from the standpoint of being a professional gardener, what I wanted to do was have conversations with people who just enjoyed gardening. They weren't pursuing it for much more than really just enjoyment, kind of like myself. And it just so happens that I also have a career that has centered around gardening in some way. But these people, maybe that is true for them, but they also are just people who enjoy it too. But what I have found is that that common connection of a desire of growing your own food, growing flowers, growing anything is where we begin. But what unfolds is something incredible. So this podcast today is the first in a series of garden tour, so to speak, podcast episodes that are tied to a blog post on our blog where we actually go through and tour this person's garden. But then this is the conversation that extends beyond that. And what I love about it is that we can start having conversations about things that we may not otherwise with somebody because we have this common theme uh, between interests between ourselves. And I think that's very true, specifically with today's podcast. Like Megan is a professional certified sexologist, and she also is a body image expert. And she lives in Grand Rapids, which is also a commonality that we just live just you know, two hours from each other in Michigan on the West Coast. And she grew up in Michigan. We have a lot of similar stories about proximity, but we also are very different in a lot of ways. And if you looked at us 
on paper, I think you might think that we aren't similar in any way, but we have this common interest that then has extended into a further conversation. And what I have found is somebody that has expanded how I view the world because of this common interest. And so in a day where we can feel so divided and so different because of how social media and algorithms work, I want to lean into this. I want to lean in to having conversations with people who are different than me. And because I feel like it's like traveling, you know, like when you travel, your world opens and you can still have that world opening experience by having conversations with people who might be slightly different than you. And what I have found is that when I am open to this and just willing to hear and expand myself alongside these people, that it's similar to traveling. My world opens up. I see things differently. I have more empathy. I have more, I have my eyes open in a new way. And so though we're not going to go into anything too crazy, we are going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about this connection that we have to nature that in, in ourselves because of understanding our own sexual desires and needs and how we can even view our bodies because of what we learned from nature. And so I'm really excited about that conversation. And so Megan is such a good resource for that. And I just really enjoyed this conversation with her. She is such a fascinating person, but she also challenged me in the garden front to think about growing something like a lemon tree inside. And I'm even going to be getting an olive tree to grow inside because she encouraged me and with her own passions. So, you know, there's lots of ways that we can expand and learn from each other. And I just love that. So stepping away from the world of algorithms and into just looking at common interests as our means to finding each other and to expanding our world is such a beautiful way to kind of think about this year. So, and that's also what I hope about our community, that you may be meeting people who are different than you because you have a common interest of seasonal living and seasonal eating and gardening and fermentation and foraging and all these different things that maybe you create a new relationship because of that. So very excited to jump into this conversation today with Megan. I cannot wait for you guys to meet her and see her gorgeous garden that she does in downtown Grand Rapids. Let's jump on it. I'm so excited that we get to do this today. Like, cause you're, we're also gonna be showing off your garden on the blog post. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be awesome to, for people to hear this conversation and get to know you and what you do. And also to be able to see how that plays out in your garden. So I'm very excited about that. I'm excited too. (laughs) So first of all, I started following you because you, you were just so active, like commenting to me and I just was like, who is this Megan? And then, (laughs) and then I found out what you did and you're a sexologist and a body image expert. And I was like, that is so fascinating. Like, I just love that. Like, and just so you know, my background in the whole sexual world, like I grew up in a very, my parents were very open about sexuality, but I grew up in a very conservative area of the country and went to a conservative Christian college and sex was a, dare I say, taboo topic. Even though it wasn't at home, it was amongst everybody else in my Mm -hmm. life and the teaching around me was so in my once I left that world 
and I got, I was married and everything. And I was like, okay, this is like, this is, this is human. Like I had like Mm -hmm. this whole like awakening. So I love following you and learning from you. So to like combine this conversation of gardening and sexuality and our perceptions of self and how that connects to who we are and nature is just like so fun for me because it's like connecting all of the dots a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's one, it's so easy to interact with your content. You post amazing <laughs> garden things and just home and lifestyle and everything. So I'm so glad I found you and I was like, oh, Michigan, amazing. Because <laughs> when it's like someone who's a gardener, it's always like California, which is great. I love yeah. California people, but to have it be like, you know, same zone, literally backyard, you know, it's just a different feeling. Yes. Cause you're in Grand Rapids, which is only a few hours South of me. Yeah. And close to the coast. If people aren't familiar with Michigan and, um, we're both on that coast West coast side. So just for reference point, cause a lot of people don't know Michigan from a general. Yeah. You can't see us pull out our hand map to be like, I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> so I always like kind of giving that, but your garden is like, One of the things that I loved when I was looking, just following you and everything is you get into like a lot of things that people in our zone don't get into. And in terms of like tropical plants, growing lemons, all of that, (laughs) like I am so enamored with pursuing that. And I love that you do that. So I just like, like what got you there? And like, how did you think about getting into like what got you curious about that I guess so I think it stems from my childhood (laughs) Uh, growing up my grandma always had plants in the house and so that to me was like normal just like everyone I thought everyone had a rice cooker but only Mm -hmm. Japanese grandmas have rice cookers (laughs) I go to my friend's house I was like where's your rice cooker and they're like no we use minute rice and I was like oh that's different (laughs) and not nearly as good (laughs) yeah so I found out a lot of people don't actually have plants in their house this is of course back in the day obviously now plants Mm -hmm. are a really big thing especially indoor plants Mm -hmm. Um, but back then it was like a not common thing to have plants in the house so I just always grew up with it so it was like normal for me so when I finally got my own house I was like I'm gonna put plants in my house and I mean going to the garden centers around here they have a whole tropical you know house plant section and I was like yeah it's like fearless I can grow that (laughs) let me bring that in I can put that in my house and so as it's you know expanded (laughs) into an indoor garden uh jungle more like I'm just like what else can I grow and so it was last year that I was uh gifted a lemon plant for my birthday and I was like I can grow this because I was like I put all these girls out when the weather's warm enough because Michigan gets tropically in the summer if you aren't familiar with our climate it's hot yeah (laughs) especially in Grand Rapids yeah, hot, steamy, mm-hmm. could be the rainforest, you don't know, but it's not Michigan. <laughs> yeah. So the plants really thrive for a good maybe three to four months outside. Mm-hmm. And then I bring them in and I don't have any kind of grow light situation going on. It's just mostly, I keep looking over because I'm in my office. Yeah. I just have a bunch of windows and I slap them up against the window and they, I mean, they go into a kind of dormancy kind of yeah. um, growth time because they're not like really actively growing but they seem to be happy and then I mean they perk up and blossom like crazy when it's summertime that's amazing it's something that's on my list to get into I've been kind of waiting till my kids were a little bit older because right now just having houseplants is 
is sometimes hard because they're like putting their hands in and then there's like piles of dirt all over. Yeah, <laughs> so, what happened here? <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping you know, that we can do it in a year or two. And a lemon tree is definitely on my list because it's totally so cool. So how many lemons have you gotten off of it? We've harvested three and I feel like such a weirdo because I have two on the counter right now. One fell and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to give you this. They're on the counter and I'm like, what do I make with this? Like I can't just be squeezing it in like, you know, water or something. I'm like, what do we do? And yeah. so I'm a weirdo. Like, I'm just like, use a lemon, just use it. <laughs> but I'm like, this is a special lemon. I grew this one. Yeah, I know. You got to do something, right? I mean, even like when I go to the farmer's market, I feel like that because I'm like, this is so special. Like, it's yeah, so beautiful. Like, I have to like take a photo of it, <laughs> have to celebrate it. And yeah, I totally get it. I did buy some arugula. So I'm thinking I'm going to make an arugula lemon salad. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds so good. I, I Have you ever tried preserving lemon, like rind and yeah. stuff like that? No, but I've seen that. And I was like, that'd be another good option. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be really cool. So if you got into this because of your grandmother, I love that image of just that was something you grew up with. But then you, you know, kind of brought this into your life, like, are there other things, like, did you learn from your grandmother in any way, like about gardening or, or was it something that you were just around? So you started pursuing it out of curiosity and enjoyment. My mom was the like garden plant gardener. So never any food, mm -hmm. um, but it was always some kind of landscaping project where it was like, you know, I got 30 cubic yards of mulch delivered in the driveway. If you want to leave, we got to move it. And I'm like, this is dangerous, mom. We can't be doing this and blocking the driveway. So I mean, definitely indoctrinated at a young age. And then a really fond memory is uh, my dad was originally from Kentucky. So we'd go down there in the spring for the Derby. And I remember on our way home, we'd always stop at a garden center and get tomatoes because he was like, they grow better down there. So we'd bring mm -hmm. them up. And I mean, it was basically just tomatoes that we grew when I was growing up. But now that I'm like older and fearless in the garden, I'm just like, I can grow anything. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so funny story. I spent seven years from when I was seven to 14 living in Kentucky, just outside of Lexington ah. and then went back down there for college. So nice. yes. And I loved it down there, but I definitely, I had grown like I was from Harbor Springs and so Michigan. And so I definitely felt more at home up here, but they, the food that it, they can grow down there is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, you just move a couple states down and it's a whole different climate. And, you know, I think about all the like nuts they can grow in the South. I I'm know. like, I want pecan trees. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just looking at black walnut trees to plant because I was like, oh, and chestnut trees. Cause it's like, okay, these are nut trees I can have. Yeah. And you gotta be careful with the black walnut. Yeah, they are. I, I have to pick the right spot. Okay, so I want to talk about, I mean, first of all, your garden is amazing every year. And thank you. Yes, it is like you do an incredible job. And I know it's not like what you specifically talk about on your Instagram, but it still is so fun to follow along with and to see what you're doing. So how you've done it in a because you're pretty urban, like you're in yeah, I'm You're in the city. Yeah, yeah, I'm downtown. <laughs> yeah. So, and we had lived in downtown Raleigh and your yard reminds me of ours when we lived in downtown Raleigh, North Carolina. So how did you get, I mean, obviously you had this like understanding of doing it as a, like, 
like awareness as a child, but like, how did you get into doing it more as an adult? Did you like take little steps? Cause I think a lot of people want to hear like, how did you get from point A to point B? You know, what was the gateway? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And how did you get all the knowledge that to, and obviously we're all kind of in process. I mean, we're all human, but yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it started with, I don't know, I feel like there were a lot of like E. coli like scares happening in the media, mm-hmm. um, maybe early 2010s. And mm-hmm. I was still in college and I was, and I had roommates. So I was like, guys, mm-hmm. make space in the back patio. I'm going to like, you know, <laughs> get these pots and just start, you know, growing. It was basil and kale. I was growing mm-hmm. basil and kale in these like little pots mm-hmm. and they were prolific. And I was like, okay, this is great. I'm in control of, you know, what's going in the soil. I'm sure nobody's pooping on this. <laughs> So it's safe to eat and it's organic. So I was just like, okay, I can do this. How can we expand? And then that was like a couple tomato plants and then a couple bean plants. But of course I learned you need to buy determinate tomatoes. Who knew? (laughs) So it was like, you know, a lot of learning curves. And so all the while I should back up too. I have a degree in biology. So we definitely covered like growing things and plants. And, you know, that's why I'm like, oh, black walnut, watch out. (laughs) You You got a leg up. (laughs) Yeah. What is it? Juglone. They're spewing out. So that's a fun throwback to undergrad. (laughs) So just continuously expanding on the garden. And I remember it kind of went like for real, for real. When I was like, I'm going to build a cinder block garden. I'm like, yeah. I can get, you know, some cinder blocks from Menards and I made a four by eight bed. It took us three trips in my car, which was very, very heavy, probably too heavy for the highway, but (laughs) driving back and forth, hauling thousands of pounds of stone and making this garden bed. I mean, it was so funny because like it was so high and I didn't buy enough soil. And I was like, this is a nightmare. What a joke. (laughs) But it's still produced. It's still produced. (laughs) So learning curve again but then it was only one season that we had that garden bed because it was just Mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna do this for real like let's just put in professionally made beds and have them bring in soil and like do it properly so despite all that work in one year we you know took the cinder blocks to my mom's house and put in the garden beds that I have now Mm. and it was just like oh my gosh like this is so much space but at the same time, like, oh my God, it's not a lot of space, but it's actually a lot of space when you're thinking yeah. about mapping out, you know, how much space this plant needs, who can be by who. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I want to do some soil amendments, like the soil wants to have like uh, Epsom salt for my tomato plants and we don't want to put that on other plants. So it's just a lot of like trial and error and learning. So I'm entering my fourth season now with the beds that I have. And so it's still very much a learning curve. Like I learned that the soil that they put in there wasn't great. (laughs) So now I'm in the process of like, how do we amend the soil and how do we make it, you know, better? Because last year we had some major triumphs and we had some epic failures. So, but I think that happens with any kind of gardening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm constantly still learning and this will be our third, third year really growing out here. And I mean, I've had multiple gardens, but this one, it's tricky. Like on a hill, the drastic climate difference between those two areas is, it just blows my mind. And they're not very far away, but the wind difference even yeah, places is crazy. The heat difference, the amount of rain one gets, the amount of shade, you know, all of it, it can, it just is very fascinating to me. So, mm-hmm. and it's, Every year, it's just a trial and error, you know, and, yeah. but I think that's the fun of it. That's why you show up. 
all yeah. the time, right? Like, and I don't think he'd be in the garden if it was the same all the time and just yeah. be like, a, I don't know, a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I just tell people you got to like not perfecting anything because it's always going to be changing. And that's the fun part of it. One of the things that people always like giggle about whenever I talk about it is pollination and like referring to it in sexual ways. And I think we forget that our plants are also sexual beings. You know, they are being con they're pollinating, which pollinating is, you know, spreading your seed and in order for reproduction to happen. And obviously not all sexual experiences are focused on that, but for them, you know, it's like bees and just self-pollination even. And there's different types of, even within tomatoes or, you know, they're all different. Everyone has a different sort of sexuality out your, in your garden, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of want to like normalize that there's like a sexual experience going on in your garden. And I would love like your perception of that because I think giggling about it is kind of like, well, yeah, like, of course your squash are having sex. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this isn't, I mean, it's funny in that sense, but to think about and everything, but yeah. So let's talk about like plant sex. Like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I mean, I will always giggle at plant sex. It's like, oh, funny plants are having sex. Yeah. I it's a like product of our society that we're like giggling about this, that we're saying like, oh, plant sex. Oh, geez. When yeah. it's a completely natural process and a necessary process, both mm-hmm. for us as humans to procreate for one and mm-hmm. survive. And that's what happens in the plant world, too. So just normalizing these processes and knowing that, you know, sometimes you need to give a helping hand <laughs> with mm-hmm. your squash plants and instead of making up, you know, different terminologies for it, you have to say like, this is plant sex. They need to be fertilized. We need to put this here in order to have this result. And so mm-hmm. translating that into human terms, uh, we just have to do a better job about normalizing conversation around sex and also framing it not for humans mm-hmm. in the lens of it's only for reproduction because we are not plants. We are humans and we yeah. have, you know, a very vast and rich uh, life experience. And so for many people that is, you know, having a sexual life, that's fun and normal and healthy and okay. And so bridging those two things uh, is still a work in progress for a lot of people, but it's completely normal. So I would love to have people, you know, be more open with their conversations around sex. I, I love thinking about that. It's just the beauty of that idea of, you know, one thing cross pollinating with another. And like, I just, I think it's a really beautiful image to take on too, you know, about our, I guess like when I see that it gives me a lot more grace for my own desires and perception of self, like where, you know, it's like, okay, like look how beautiful this is. And I'm part of that web of being a human and experiencing that too. And, and so it just gives myself like that openness and grace to see myself in a new way, I guess as well. So, but I guess has the garden in some way, like kind of, is there any correlation or tie that you see beyond that? Like that we can kind of visualize ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just looking at the diversity of plants, if we take it down a level, the diversity of uh, flowers, and then we'll get even more specific to different kinds of flowers Mm -hmm. that is seen in the human experience. I mean, 
I still feel like it's a big contentious topic in the you know society right now. It's like the binaries. Are you a man or you a woman? Like, mm-hmm. are you, you know, a certain way or not? Like you should be all these different things in the boxes they want to put you in. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's such a vast array of experiences and identities and feelings. And that's okay because we see that in the natural world. So don't tell me it's not natural for humans. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> it's all around us. And so whenever people want to like stymie and like put you in a box or close you down or say, that's not okay. It's like, okay, we are seeing this naturally occur everywhere else. So how are and we, we celebrate it? You know, we celebrate it in the garden, but it's harder to celebrate it as in ourselves as humans and amongst the wider world. And so I always think I I was correlating that idea of even just race to my son of like, look at all the different varieties that we celebrate in the garden. And so we sell, we should celebrate ourselves the same way and all our differences because they're all beautiful together when we're, you know, it's a beautiful picture. And, um, he loved, I mean, his whole world is centered around seeing a garden mm-hmm. and multitude of varieties that are around him. So, and how we all, we pull them all together. And, you know, I, I just think there's so many correlations that the garden naturally teaches us in that way, whether it be a perception of self or a perception of the greater world or anything like that. So yeah, it's just fun to hear, I guess, other people's ideas of what they, how, what their work, like your work is of being a sexologist. And so I just love hearing like how that plays into your passion for gardening and how you perceive things through that lens as well. Cause you know, I just think that's really fascinating. The garden has so many parallels that we can take. Like, even if you were to say like trim a plant back, like just to bare bones, it'll still regrow. And just because it looks different, doesn't mean it's like done with its life. It's going to regrow. It's just, I mean, resiliency. There's so many like lessons and morals that can be taken from the natural world. And so, (laughs) you know, just because something has broken you down or, you know, more ideal conditions, Mm -hmm. like the image of the like asphalt and then a little flower growing, like Mm -hmm. you, it's okay. You can go on like there, you're stronger than you think. Yes. And it's incredible sometimes when I'm like, oh, is this plant dead? Like, did I totally? And then it comes back and I'm like, how did you do that? You like had the most terrible adverse things to contend with and you still did it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Resilience. Yeah. It's amazing. So before we tie up though today, I want to want to have you like, I know it doesn't specifically have to do with the garden, but as we're talking about like sexuality is like I said, like it's a part of our human nature as we've identified. And so I want to hear about your book. So tell us about your book that's about to come out. It's called playing without a partner, a single's guide to sex, dating and happiness. And it's a book about how to be happy as a single person. Like I feel like a lot of books about dating on the market are like how to find your partner, how to spice things up with your partner. But I don't think a lot center on the single experience. And so mm-hmm. uh, my hope is that it validates, you know, in it validates you in your singleness right now and how to be 
just like a whole person, how to find happiness as a single person, how to mm-hmm. be, you know, that awesome supportive auntie to your friends who have kids and how to, you know, really relish this time where you're like beholden to no one. Mm-hmm. You can go try new things and really get to hone in on who you are. Um, obviously, we're touching on sex stuff too. So how to yeah. find sexual gratification with just yourself and not seeking it out from other people, mm-hmm. um, which is totally fine. You can do that too, but you can get that as a single person Mm -hmm. um, without anyone else coming into your life. And we do touch on the end about, you know, dating and, you know, meeting people in the wild (laughs) and how to let (laughs) go. yourself back out in the world and so with the time of this, I was able to put in some like fun COVID (laughs) things. Oh yeah. Change the landscape of how uh, we're meeting people, interacting with people and uh, having sex with people. Yeah, no, it's so true. I, I just, I'm glad that you opened this up because I think it's also a great time, even if you are in a relationship, to really look inward and look at yourself and like, how do I find comfort with who I am in every aspect of myself? Because at some point we're going to have to re-enter the world and that's a little harder to do when you're not being forced into this more introverted time, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's an opportunity in that regard. So... But mm-hmm. I just I I just wanted to share about your book because I think it's one of those I felt like it was more than just from what you were explaining it to me and what I read about it on your Instagram that it's far more than just like about sex. Like it's about this whole picture of self. And I love that. So I am very excited to check it out and yeah. to read it because that's part of my own adventure this year is just having a little more understanding, like getting, digging into that nature of self in every way. And it's such a, after having two children and being very focused on all of that world of my life, it's really good to start moving back towards like more inward feelings and connection to self. So after yeah, absolutely. Being focused yeah, <laughs> in such a different direction. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's good. And, and I, and after you've had children too, there's like, as a woman, like your body's new, like everything mm-hmm. about you is new in in so many ways. And so I, I'm very excited about exploring that and understanding that and grounding myself in that. So thank yeah. you for writing and doing <laughs> you know, and sharing your knowledge. I think it's so important for the world. So yeah, yes. I want to be the permission slip for people to, you know, I, the biggest takeaway is that time spent on yourself is never time wasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because you are a mom now doesn't mean you don't get to wear your Megan hat anymore, because yeah. that's, it's just another facet of who you are. And so I think embracing all of those different facets of you as mother, Megan, wife, Uh, It's so important. And so instead of thinking you have to be a certain way, giving yourself the space to say, I am this and there's no, but it's an and I'm this and not this, but also no, it's and (laughs) I love that. That is so good. (laughs) Well, Megan, I am so thankful that you came on today and we got to chat and I am so excited for people to see your beautiful garden and to check out your book and everything. So I will make sure that at all the notes and everything are in the show notes so that people can link and share and check out what you're doing because it's very cool and I'm enjoying it. So I hope others do as well. 
So thank you so much for having me. Uh, This was such a joy to talk to you. And uh, I mean, the work you're doing, especially building this new community for gardeners, I think is going to be so amazing. And I hope you can be the gateway drug to get people into gardening. (laughs) I just hope people can feel like they have a place to call home in this uh, world that we are in. So thanks so much, Megan. It was great to have you on today. And if you enjoyed this conversation with Megan and I, then you can head on over to our blog that is located in the show notes and you can see her garden firsthand and what she's doing. You can find out more about Megan below in the show notes as well. So thank you again and we will see you out there, friends. Thank you.